Happy day, Rosal Garcia with Why Jesus. Why is Jesus important in your life or why should he be important in your life? That is the best question in these chaotic, confusing days. So today, I am hoping that you've had a fabulous day, that you were able to see uh, the good things of the day and not focus on otherwise frustrations, etc. So my days usually go better when I do that. So hoping that you are now just enjoying time with family and loved ones because that is what is most important in life and that is the relationships we have with them is what we will take from this life and nothing else and our knowledge and hopefully that knowledge is good and so today I'm excited to share with you a come follow me manual lesson on doctrine and covenants section 121 to 123 October 18th through the 24th is what we're covering and it is titled, O God, Where Art Thou? And um, I'm going to give some, um, I don't know, disclosures. I am not a scriptorian, an expert, or a professional podcaster. I'm just sharing what is giving me peace and happiness in the midst of chaos. And... Um, I do my best to do this the best and most quiet way where I can be focused and inevitably sometimes things do go wrong and you hear furry friends in the background uh, cheering kids etc so I apologize for all of that my intentions are to make it as focus as possible with you so with that being said take it easy on me when I do or say something that may not be completely accurate I do make mistakes and so with that um, I am going to for the new listeners tell you what are um, the topics for the day. The topics for the day uh, are usually covering very important stuff that um, we will go over with some scriptures and some, um, you know, comments on how it is that we're, I'm particularly interpreting that in my life so the come follow me manual is put out by the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints you can get a physical copy at deseret books or you can download the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints app and do a library search and it will take you straight to the current week we are on and then you can look for the week of October 18th through 24th. Uh, you can also 
go to the website at lds.org and do a search for Come Follow Me under Libraries, and it will do the same. It will take you to what we are currently covering. So the topics today are Adversity Can Be For My Good, We Can Access the Powers of Heaven, Jesus Christ Has Descended Below All Things, Let Us Cheerfully Do All Things That Lie In Our Power, and once again, I'm going to tell you the topic, well, not the topic, the title. And the title is, Oh God, Where Art Thou? And um, there's a picture here of a place called Liberty Jail because at this particular time, um, as in covering the previous podcasts, we were talking about how the saints were being persecuted for their religion and people felt threatened by them and so they were killed, um, their properties were burned, they were just abused and mistreated and the laws did not uh, do anything to protect them neither did the governors, etc. It almost sounds like today, honestly. And that is the beauty about this manual, is that it's supposed to help us deal with current day issues, and it really does follow along greatly, and it gives me strength to overcome the chaos that we're going through ourselves. And so... With that in the background, the prophet and some of his friends were thrown in Liberty Jail for about four months in the middle of the winter, and it was just miserable. And I'm just going to read the summary because they do such a great job. And it says, the, let's see here, did I start this on the right place? Yes. Okay. The bottom level of the county jail in Liberty, Missouri was known as a dungeon. The walls were thick, the stone floor was cold and filthy. The food, what there was of it, was rotten and the only light came from two narrow iron barred windows near the ceiling. This dungeon is where Joseph Smith and a few of his brethren spent most of their imprisonment for frigid months during the winter of 1838 and 39 awaiting trial for charges of treason against the state of Missouri. During this time, Joseph was constantly receiving news about the suffering of the saints. The peace and optimism of Far West had lasted only a few months, and now the saints were homeless once again, driven into the wilderness in search of yet another place to start over, this time with their prophet in prison. No wonder Joseph Smith cried out, O God, where art thou? The answers he received, the knowledge from heaven that came pouring down in that miserable jail, demonstrate that although it may not always feel like it, God is never far away. No power can stay the heavens. The prophet learned, God shall be with his faithful saints forever and ever. 
And there are a few scriptures here that I would like to read um, that are part of this summary. And this one, it focuses more on those two scriptures. O God, where art thou, and where is the pavilion that covereth thy hiding place? How long can rolling waters remain impure? What power shall stay the heavens? As well, what man stretch forth his puny arm to stop the Missouri River in decreed course, or to turn it upstream, as to hinder the Almighty from pouring down knowledge from heaven upon the heads of the Latter-day Saints? And let's see, the last one. Therefore hold on thy way, and the priesthood shall remain with thee, for their bounds are set, they cannot pass. Thy days are known, and thy years shall not be numbered less. Therefore fear not what man can do, for God shall be with you forever and ever. And quite honestly, thank God that he's the one talking here and that um, he's strengthening Joseph and saying fear not what man can do for God shall be with you forever and ever there is another life after this and the hope of that life is what drives me um I'm so looking forward to it, can I just say, where the lack of humanity that we see in our lives will no longer will no longer be part of that other life. And so I am totally looking forward to that completely. And so I am glad for scriptures like that. The next section says, adversity can be for my good. Hmm. Sometimes this is hard to take when we read things like this. But this says, when we or those we love are in the midst of suffering, it is normal to wonder if God is aware of us. As you read Doctrine and Covenants 121, 1 through 6, Think about times when you have had questions or feelings similar to Joseph Smith's. What do you find in the Lord's response that might help you when you have those questions or feelings? For example, in verse 7 through 10 and 26 to 33, notice the blessings he promises to those who endure affliction well. As you read section 122, consider how the Lord wants you to view your adversities. This is a packed little section or topic. And I am going to read the prayer that Joseph Smith sent to his God, to our God, when he was enduring Liberty Jail. And part of it is the what we've already read, but I'm going to read it anyhow. O God, where art thou, and where is the pavilion that covereth thy hiding place? How long shall thy hand be stayed in thine eye, I, yea, thine pure eye, behold from the eternal heavens the wrongs of thy people and of thy servants, and thine ear be penetrated with their cries? 
Yea, O Lord, how long shall they suffer these wrongs and unlawful oppressions before thine heart shall be softened towards them, and thy vows be moved thy bowels be moved with compassion toward them? O Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven, earth, and the seas, and all things that in them are, and who controllest and subjectest the devil and the dark and benighted dominion of Sheol. Stretch forth thy hand, let thine eye pierce, let thy pavilion be taken up, let thy hiding place no longer be covered, let thine ear be inclined, let thine eye heart be softened, and thy bowels move with compassion towards us. Let thine anger be kindled against our enemies, and in thy fury of thine heart, with thy sword avenge us of our wrongs. Remember thy suffering saints, O our God, and thy servants will rejoice in thy name forever. So, you know, Joseph Smith is basically saying, please come to our rescue, avenge us, you know, show these people who you are and just give them what they deserve. And, um, you know, we're going to read now. God's response to him um, and this is what he says my son peace be unto thy soul thine adversity and thine affliction shall be but a small moment and then if thou endure it well God shall exalt thee on high thou shall triumph over all thy foes Thy friends do stand by thee, and they shall hail thee again with warm hearts and friendly hands. Thou art not yet as Job. Thy friends do not contend against thee, neither charge thee with transgression as they did Job. God shall give you unto you knowledge by his Holy Spirit, yea, by the unspeakable gift of the Holy Ghost that has not been revealed since the world was until now, which our forefathers have awaited with anxious expectations to be revealed in the last times, which their minds were pointed by the angels as held. Okay, I lost my place a little bit here, sorry. that has not been revealed since the world was until now, which our forefathers have awaited with anxious expectations to be revealed in the last times, which their minds were pointed to by the angels as held in res reserve for the fullness of their glory, a time to come in the which nothing shall be withheld, whether there be one God or many gods, they shall be manifest." And thrones and dominions, principalities and powers shall be revealed and set forth upon all who have endured valiantly for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And also, if there be bound set to the heavens, or to the seeds, or to the dry land, or to the sun, moon, and stars, all the times of their revolutions, 
and all the appointed days, months, and years, and all the days of their days, months, and years, and all their glories, laws, and set times, shall be revealed in the days of the dispensation of the fullness of times, according to that which was ordained in the midst of the counsel of the eternal God of all other gods before the world was, this world was, that should be, okay, give me one second, that should be served unto the finishing and the end thereof, when every man shall enter into his eternal presence and into his immortal rest. How long can rolling waters remain impure? What power shall stay the heavens? As well might man stretch forth his puny arm to stop the mighty Missouri River in its decree course or to turn it up a stream as to hinder the Almighty from pouring down knowledge from heaven upon the heads of the Latter-day Saints. So, I love his response to him, and I guess the most consoling is, My son, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine affliction shall be but a small moment. When we are in the midst of suffering, it does not feel like a small moment. It feels like eternities. But he says, if you endure those adversities, that refining fire, well, you will triumph over all thy foes and thine enemies. And for me, the, the most motivating part is that he says, in the fullness of time, we will enter into his eternal presence and into his immortal rest the life to come is the one that is worth the most my friends and it's hard to focus on the future when we are currently in this state and we're going through so much and it's so hard to make things work the way we want them to work it's hard to see our loved ones suffer it's hard to see the state of the world, but know this, the only thing we have control over is ourselves and no one else. And the way we handle this current situation is the way that will our beautiful children and loved ones will be looking to us to see how we handle that and so that they can know how to handle it themselves and two um, we are to exercise our faith in the Savior and live the gospel to the fullest of our potential to receive the promises that you have just heard and so I am so motivated by all of that. This, to me, this world is Satan's world. Everything is motivated by money and greed. And you can see that from the food industry to the pharmaceutical industry to the entertainment industry, uh, through the music industry, uh, through every aspect of this earthly life, it is money and greed. 
that controls it. And when the imperfect men are in charge of that, serious, egregious crimes against humanity occur. And the only thing that can save us from that is us staying close to God because they are going to be so cunning and so deceiving um, and they're going to try and inflict fear like nothing else um, because they have the money to do it. They have the money to deceive us, to pay off judges and all kinds of um, government um, political figures that supposedly are here to help us. They have the money to control everything. Um, and so their God of this world is Satan because his only purpose is to enslave us in every way, shape, or form. Enslave us to drug addiction, to music, to you know, pornography, to food, to drugs, to mistreating each other, to sugar, chocolate, you name it. It it is his name, his dominion is bondage in every way, shape, or form, and he has done an excellent job. And in these last days he is cunning deceit is so egregious that he calls evil good and good evil. And this is where we're living and will soon begin to live again, the persecution of our religious beliefs and faiths, the same way that Joseph and those people in those days went through. And this is why the way they handled it was so important because we need to stick to our faith and overcome that adversity the best as possible so that we can still be worthy of to receive the blessings here while we go through this chaotic time but also in the next life which is the most important part and so the next section is called adversity it can be for my own good and I um Oh, I'm sorry, I just finished reading that. The next one after that is called We Can Access the Powers of Heaven. And I'm going to read that little summary and then read some scriptures. In what seemed like a powerless condition in Liberty Jail, Joseph was given revelation about power, not the political or military power that had been exerted over the saints, but the powers of heaven. As you read Doctrine and Covenants 121, 34 through 46, what do you learn about God's power? How is it different from worldly power? For example, look at the words the Lord uses in verses 41 through 43 to describe power of influence. What do they teach us about how God maintains his power of influence? Perhaps these verses can inspire you to ponder your life and what you can do to be influenced for good in your relationship with others. So here we go, people. These scriptures are prime in helping us through these tough times when we don't know. It is hard to know who is being truthful and who is not because Satan is so deceitful and these people 
have no problems lying straight to your face even though all the facts around them tell us otherwise they still will deny things and so just you know satan at his finest currently so the scriptures that we're going to read are 121 34 through 46 and it says behold there are many called but few are chosen and why are they not chosen because their hearts are set so much upon the things of this world and aspire to the honors of men that they do not learn this one lesson that the rights of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven and that the powers of heaven cannot be controlled nor handled only upon the principles of righteousness that they may be conferred upon us it is true but when we undertake to cover our sins or to gratify our pride or vain ambition or to exercise control or dominion or compulsion upon the souls of the children of men in any degree of unrighteousness behold the heavens withdraw themselves the spirit of the lord is grieved and when it is withdrawn a man to the priesthood or the authority of that man behold ere he is aware he is left unto himself to kick against the pricks to persecute the saints and to fight against god we have learned by sad experience that it is the nature and disposition of almost all men as soon as they get a little authority as they suppose they will immediately begin to exercise unrighteous dominion hence many are called but few are chosen no power or influence can be ought to be maintained by virtue of the priesthood only by persuasion by long suffering by gentleness and by meekness and by love unfeigned by kindness okay i lost my by kindness and pure knowledge which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile reproving bedtimes with sharpness when moved upon the holy ghost and then showing forth afterwards an increase of love towards him whom thou hast reproved lest he esteem thee to be his enemy that he may know that thy faithfulness is stronger than the cords of death let thy bowels also be full of charity towards all men and to how into the household of faith and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unseasonly then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of god and the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon you upon thy soul as the dews from heaven and the holy ghost shall be with thy constant companion and thy scepter in an unchanging scepter of righteousness and truth and thy dominion shall be an everlasting dominion without compulsory means it shall flow unto thee forever and ever so here god clearly tells us what is happening in the world the vain things of this world the greed the sins the vain ambition of men um 
they take it upon themselves as soon as they're given a little bit of authority to exercise control or dominion or compulsion upon the souls of the children of men in the degree in any degree of unrighteousness we are living proof that that is what is happening before us right now we are being threatened we are being told what to do we are being um you know some thrown in jail some killed some you know um have lost everything because these men are all about greed and ambition and they don't care because they technically in their eyes they have the authority to do so they don't but they think they do and so god has withdrawn himself from them they are on their own and god says to you and i you need to heed to my word live faithfully um so that the strong cords of death don't um touch you and he says let thy bowels also be full of charity towards all men and the household of faith and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly that thy confidence shall wax strong in the presence of god and that the holy ghost whose function it is to be a scepter of righteousness and truth shall be with us um through this time and forever and ever so when we live the best as possible we have the blessing and the promise that the holy ghost will be with us to comfort us guide us give us peace in the midst of confusion show us the way show us how to endure these horrible things that are coming our way how to prepare um etc they will guide us and i can attest to you that he has been guiding us and i have been a recipient of of that it is not in a big booming voice it is not hearing a voice it is just thoughts of i need to do this and i need to follow through with this and you do and then more thoughts come and then as you fulfill that you feel like oh my gosh i've been guided i i thought it was just my own thoughts but no it's been the holy ghost guiding you to do certain things that you need to do to get prepared and he provides the way and i can tell you i've honestly i'm like you i don't it's hard to make ends meet it's hard to figure out how to make things work and happen when you've lost income and you still have bills to pay and now everything is so much more expensive and you know so forth and so forth but i promise you that as i work very hard to do what he says in living the commandments and the gospel and to be kind and treat others with charity and compassion as i do those things he really does open the gates to help me through whatever it is i need to go through so thank god that he is a god that fulfills all his promises when we stay close to him and when we are um living 
the way he wants us to, we are blessed to also receive the guidance of the Holy Ghost. And so when he says, what does God teach you about how God maintains his power or influence? God maintains his power and influence over us as a loving, kind parent would that just coaches and guides his children. He is not authoritarian. He does not take away our liberties, our freedom to choose. So when we see this happening in the world, you can know for a surety that comes from the devil and not from God. And if we had chosen to keep God as part of this country, we would not be seeing what we are seeing currently. And so he's telling Joseph Smith, all this is yours. These people that have treated you egregiously um, will suffer the consequences of their actions. They will not be blessed. They will, their families will suffer from generation to generation because of the deeds of their parents um, who have kept them in the darkness of the world rather than in the light of God. And so um, the final, um, I don't know, words of comfort God has for Joseph Smith is, Jesus Christ has descended below all things. Here he says, Joseph Smith had been unjustly imprisoned for over four months while his friends and family were driven from homes, from their homes. The work he had dedicated his life to appeared to be in ruins. What do you learn about Jesus Christ from his words to Joseph in section 122? What do you learn from Joseph? Joseph, what do you learn about yourself? So, in section 122, um, basically, the, I read to you how God is saying, you are not, you have not gone through what Job has gone through, you know, where his friends are accusing him and reviling him, and he's lost everything. He has nothing, not even his health. And then... He goes even further in saying, uh, the Son of Man has suffered below all these things. Are you thou greater than him? So that was kind of like a slap on the face. Are you greater than Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ has gone through all of this. And yet, he endured it to the end. And he's now a resurrected God and being who will comfort you and show you how to get out of this um, trial, how to go through it uh, and come out victorious at the end and better than what you were before you went through it. And so I'm going to read several scriptures on Alma 7, 11 through 13 says, um, and he shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind, and this that the word might be fulfilled, which saith, He will take upon him the pains and the sickness of his people, and he will take upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people, and he will take upon them, 
upon him their infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. Now the Spirit knoweth all things. Nevertheless, the Son of God suffereth according to the flesh, that he might take upon him the sins of his people, that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance. And now behold, this is the testimony which is in me. So this is what Jesus Christ went through for you and me so that he can understand every single circumstance that you and I have gone through. He has gone through it himself. Nobody can understand us better than him. And on the next scripture says Alma 36, 3, And now, O my son, Helaman, behold, thou art in thy youth, and therefore I beseech of thee that thou wilt hear my words and learn of me. For I do know that whatsoever shall put their, that whomsoever shall put their trust in God shall be supported in their trials and their troubles and their afflictions and shall be lifted up at the last day telling you comfort comfort the last scripture here he that ascended upon high as also he descended below all things in that he comprehendeth all things that he might be in all and through all things the light of truth so Jesus precisely is our example of how to endure things well because the next life matters more than this one people this is just a probationary state where we are being tested to see if we keep the faith um, it says let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power in March 1839 it may have seemed that there wasn't much the saints could do to change their harrowing situation but in his letters written for, from Liberty Jail, Joseph told them what they could do, gather up a knowledge of all the facts and stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God. As you consider the deception and the craftiness of men in the world today, think about what things lie in your power to do. Why is it important to do these things cheerfully? Who do you know who is kept from the truth? And how can we help this person to find it? Many of the accounts of Joseph that Joseph asked for in this letter were submitted to the government and published in an 11-part series of the Nauvoo newspaper in the Times and Seasons. So, you know, he's telling us how to deal with the deception and craftiness of men in this world today. Let's, I'm going to read a few of the scriptures here and it says, and again, we would suggest for your consideration the proprietary, propriety of all the saints gathering up a knowledge of all the facts and sufferings and abuses put upon them by the people of this state. Therefore, dearly beloved brethren, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power and then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and His arm to be revealed. 
I hope that you are seeing how this is for you and me right now. He is telling us to fight for our liberties and our freedom of religion. It says, gathering up all the knowledge of the facts and the sufferings and the abuses upon the people by the government and do this with the best disposition that you can um, instead of being angry and trying to avenge ourselves of all this crimes against humanity we have endured. Do it cheerfully. And then he says, and then stand still with the utmost assurance that you will see the salvation of God, that he will, his arm will be revealed. I know this is for you and I. Only the truth matters. Only the facts matter. And us gathering up that and the sufferings and the abuses that people have endured at the hands of the government, of the current government, and so-called leaders that are supposed to have our best interest in mind, they don't. They only care about their vain ambitions, and they lie and deceive to the fullest, to our faces, even though we have stacks and stacks of documents that are factual. They don't care. But God said, do all of this. Gather it all up. Keep a record of everything that they've done against you. Do it cheerfully. Go through this cheerfully. And then stand still and see God take over. And so, my friends... This is meant for you and I in our day. And God does want us to do these things so that this does not happen to us. It says, For there are many yet on the earth among all sects, parties, and denominations who are blinded by the subtle craftiness of men, whereby they lie in wait to deceive and who are only kept from the truth because they know not where to find it. So many of the people out there are so confused. They don't know what's truth, what's not truth anymore because they've been so deceived. And we are supposed to help them to find the truth because they know not where to find it. Uh, somebody said, I read something today, or I can't remember if I read it or if I listened to a little clip where it said, what is your goal today? And then it, the answer was, our goal today should be to always find truth in whatever we do in our day. And wow, when we have that kind of a focus truth will be revealed and when we have our actions and our faith align with God 
then we surely will have truth in our hands and we will be able to see through the lies and the deceit to know what is true and what is not. So, God bless you, your family and mine, to stand strong and to um, put our faith in action. You remember the last podcast talked about how we have to take that step unto the unknown to prove to God that we are faithful. And as soon as we do that, we see the blessings, just like the children of Israel that were freed from um, Pharaoh in Egypt. Um, And they were commanded to take the Ark of the Covenant um, with them. And so they were carrying, you know, men were ordered to carry this Ark of the Covenant, which was kind of like a traveling temple. And um, they were promised that they would cross the waters on dry ground and they came to water and they're like, well, we're supposed to cross on dry ground, except we don't know how to do it. And the men that were carrying the Ark of the Covenant just stepped right into the water with the Ark of the Covenant in front of all the people, and the water started receding. Had they not plunged into the water, that would not have happened. They needed their test to be, their faith to be tested. And so that is how things will happen for you and I, my friends. God loves you. You are a child of God, and he has sent us here, and he has not left us alone. And we have prophets and leaders and the Holy Ghost to guide us. For us, we will get truth and revelation from God directly on what to do. To overcome our current day. I know that with surety. And so my friends. Have a great rest of the night. I will talk to you next time.